0: Welcome to our bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life. So every month we sit down and have a conversation around topics that we think build a resilient life. And this month we are talking about
1: a lifestyle of worship. That's right. And we're distinguishing between what is a moment of worship and talking about what is a lifestyle of worship. And so, Meredith, when you think about the idea of worship, what kind of things come to your mind?
0: Yeah, I think when you, for most people, certainly for me, when I think worship, I instantly think of some of the classical concepts that we have around worship. I think of things like the music, I think of songs, I think of large gatherings of people, whether that's a, like a Christian gathering or even some of the more, um, some different religions, I think of, you know, like people gathering and praying in different spaces or maybe those very like ritual. Ritualistic forms of worship are kind of the first images that come to my mind. But if I sink a little deeper, I think that's not really my full belief system around worship. And that's not what we're talking about today when we talk about having a lifestyle of worship.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in the church circle. So my whole foundational understanding of worship as I entered into this space was around the context that we come to a church service and we worship. Yeah. And sometimes you can be at home or in your car and you can put on a worship song and you can worship, but largely it's around song, it's around a corporate experience. Wow. And so today we want to have a little bit of conversation about that, maybe some of the limitations in in understanding of worship with that context and talk about really at its core, what can worship be for a believer?
0: Yeah, because I think that thought, right, that worship is something I go to do if you keep walking through that and tracking that out, it also then you have to believe that God is somewhere that I have to go to. If I have to go to somewhere to worship him, then he must be somewhere that I have to go. Whereas our belief is that God is with us. God is everywhere, that that's part of what Jesus came to do, right? He came to open the temple, break the veil, pour out himself and be with us everywhere, which means I can worship him everywhere that I am. It's not a thing, an experience, a moment that I go to. It's with me all the time and something I can tap into at any time in my life.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, thousands of years ago, you would have to go to the temple to connect with God. Right. But now we know that as Christians, as believers in modern day, that God has poured out His Spirit on all flesh, that the veil has been torn from top to bottom, yeah. and that we can experience God anywhere because He is in us, yeah. that because Christ has come into our hearts, because the Spirit has filled us. And so we can connect with Him, we can pray with Him, at home, in the car, in the workplace. And that is so liberating and so freeing. And I think it's also a little bit dangerous as well, because sometimes mm. what what some people do is that they would take that understanding and replace the corporate experience with, well, I can connect with God anywhere, so I don't need to go to church anymore, Yeah. right? And so now we know I go to church not because... That's the only place that I can connect with God. I, I go to church on, on Sundays because I love being in a community of yeah. believers. I think that something happens when we corporately worship God together. It's not the only Place that you can connect with God, and church is not going to save you. But I just believe that it's a great place to meet the One that can.
0: Yeah, so good. And so this idea of worship everywhere, this idea of worship as a lifestyle, to me, I often think of the scripture out of the Book of Colossians when Paul is writing to the church. There, Um, it's in Colossians three and twenty-three, and it says, "Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as unto the Lord, not men." And for me, at its at its kind of essence, that's what turns something into worship. Is if I'm doing it with a focus on God, if I'm doing it with a mind towards him, if I'm uh, whatever I'm in at the moment, if I'm doing it as if I'm offering it up to God, that thing becomes worship for me then. So yes, when I stand in a corporate gathering and in, in a large gathering with other believers or, or other people who have come to gather who maybe aren't believers yet, but I lift up my hands and I say, God, I, I surrender to you, right? This picture that we have when we think of worship, yes, that's worship because I do it unto him. But it's also worship then when I leave there and I prepare lunch for my kids and I pass it out around a table, if I do it as an act of service before God, that becomes the, the kind of transformative crux of it to me.
1: Yeah, because ultimately, worship is about the focus of the object that is being worshipped. The, right, so the question is not, do you worship? The question is, what do you worship? Right? Yeah. And so we know that, that everybody is worshipping something because everybody has at their core something that they are putting their attention on, something that they are idolizing potentially. And so even non-believers, non-Christians, people of other faith, they they worship because there is an object of attention for them that they are putting their desires towards. And so the question is not, do you worship? It is, what do you worship? And ultimately, it's what is the nature of your relationship with that thing? Mm. And so I can say that I worship God because I have a relationship with Him, because Jesus has filled me, because I walk with the Holy Spirit, and so I'm able to worship him when, when I'm by myself or in the corporate gathering on Sundays.
0: Yeah. So, so I think what I hear you saying in that is that even those of us who would say, no, I don't worship anything, or I, I don't believe in anything, I don't practice any faith, in some form in our life are worshiping something or someone. So how would you define what what that worship is or, right? Like, what are they worshiping if they're not worshiping God or who are they worshiping if they're not engaging in some of these classical practices of worship?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think it's about what you put in the place instead of God. And so, you know, there are some people that would say, um, I have to watch football on Thursday nights and I cannot miss a game. And I am going to allow whether my team wins or loses to determine how I feel in my life and it dictates my emotions and I can't miss a game or else I get stressed about it. And, and all of my attention and all of my focus and all of my finances and all of my desires are moving in that direction. Sometimes we worship people and individuals. We worship yeah. celebrities, whether they are athletes or whether they are comedians or whether they're actors or actresses. And, and we worship people and we worship our careers and we worship our workplaces and we worship, um, dreams and we worship yeah. vacations. It's, Oh,
0: no, no, no. Go back to that one, though. The idea that we worship dreams or that we worship like goals or focuses that we have. I think that's huge. Right. Because if we're talking about this idea of what has your attention, what has your focus, what has your time, how many of us would say, actually, at the end of the day, the thing that gets my focus, that gets my attention, that gets my time is these dreams and goals and ambitions that I have for myself yeah. more than you know, more than God, the Creator of everything? That's huge. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, but that's, no, that's massive.
1: No, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that we went back to that one because because I think worship is essentially like to determine if you are worshiping something. The way that I would maybe try and understand or articulate it is if God asked you to give that thing up would that be possible for you?
0: Wow. Right? Wow. And so if
1: God told you, you know what, um, I don't want you to be a doctor. I don't want you to be a lawyer. I don't want you to be an athlete. I want you to do this instead. If you had to give that up, if you had to get, get rid of that vacation, if you had to pass on that relationship, if you couldn't do that, that's because you are putting that thing in the place of what God is. Wow. Yeah.
0: Man, that's huge. So
1: it's a, I think it's a good question to continually be asking yourself, if I couldn't give this up, right. then I'm probably worshiping that thing. And so so what is it that I would have great difficulty in giving up in my life right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. That, I mean, that's massive, right? And it becomes this kind of continual just scale. And, and I think changes in different seasons of our life. So it's not one of those questions that you answer and then you go, cool, I'm done with that. I've sorted that out now moving forward. Some of those questions that at different stages and seasons of your life you come back to yeah. and go, man, am I am I putting this thing in, in front of God in my life?
1: So when you think about what worship has looked like in your life over the years, yeah. can you talk about a moment or two of where you have felt truly connected to God and what those worship experiences or worship moments have looked like?
0: Yeah, I one of the first ones, it's a story I was telling recently um, that comes to mind, which sounds very maybe classically, so I'll just do it briefly, but I remember in high school, school, having just such a hunger after God I was uh, in my senior year and just became really uh, aware of my personal individual relationship with him and I started skipping my lunch um, like period going to the library and reading um, scripture over that time because I just had this deep hunger to be more deeply connected with God and I knew that I wasn't going to be getting up earlier in the morning to do it and so I figured I'll you know I'll commit to kind of this time frame which maybe has some of those classical elements right i mean in in a technical sense it's fasting and it's it's connecting with scripture but one of the other things that comes to my mind is when i was living in australia in Bible college, um, I used to, I worked like three different jobs to just like kind of barely try and make things work while I was also studying and, and doing kind of the performance, the like arts program of what they did, which had lots of extra rehearsals and things. And um, I had one of my jobs that I had, I would come home from school, I would get home, change my clothes. And then immediately have to like start walking because I'd walk from where my apartment was down to the place that I was working, which was about a 15 to 20 minute walk. And I would be so, so tired. Right. I'd gotten up early. I'd gone to Mm -hmm. class. I'd done all of that. I'd been at at rehearsals afterwards. I'd gone home. And I mean, I'm talking a 10 minute turnaround, changed out of clothes, gotten in my uniform and started walking down to work. And I just during that time started on my walk, just committing to being grateful for the, the opportunity to work, expressing sure. gratitude to God while I was walking because I yeah. realized I wanted to grumble, right? Yeah. I wanted to complain. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to be annoyed. I wanted to be tired. I wanted to be going to hang out with my friends. But I just committed to on that walk, using that time as a time to just tell God what I was grateful for and, and, and how good he'd been in my life. And I felt a true, genuine connection to him and to what worship can look like in that phase.
1: So good. And, and I think what you just talked about there was an intentional choice that, that we can choose whether to complain about something. Yeah. But often it's the things that we, we want to complain about that we can change our perspective and we can see it as a blessing. Yeah. But it's only when you, when you make that conscious choice to realize God has put this thing in my life. And other people would love to have this thing that I'm complaining about. Yeah, and, exactly. And and, and and when you have that perspective and that position, to me, that puts you in a place of worship because it begins to make you realize God is the provider of every good thing in my life. And I think that's what worship looks like for me is because like what we've already talked about, it can look different in different yeah. seasons. It can look different throughout the week. Ultimately, my worship is my response to God. Yeah. And so when I pause to think about the goodness of God in my life about all of the good things that he's provided for me the wife and the children and the and the job and the home and the car and you know, when I think about the stuff that he's given me, when I think about the fact that my eternity is secure, when I think about yeah. the fact that he went to the cross for me, when I think about the fact that in my darkest moments, he still walks with me, when wow. I think about the good things that God has done for me, when I think about the magnitude, not even of just what he's done for me, but who he is, yeah. about the fact that he's a creator and a savior and a faithful father. And when I think about God, I'm filled with awe. Yeah, And it's and it's my response to being filled with awe that's what worship is yeah and that's why i think that that's part of what sets us apart from from animals yeah is that we have this ability to pause and to be filled with awe at The creation that God has made when you look at at the waterfall or the mountain range or the beauty of what God has created. And you are just filled with awe and gratitude that God created this, that God put his glory on display for us to enjoy. That just fills me with worship for the kind of creator that he
0: is. It just it lifts your your soul right? It lifts your insides and causes you to look at God. I think about, you know, people who design and build houses and friends who I've talked to about their creative work that they do. And they're just like, yeah, but I think about God when I do this. And I think about portraying his image. There's that, um, the runner, you know, he used to say, I feel God's pleasure when I write is that from a movie? I think that that's from a movie, isn't it? It's not a real, it's not a real person. Is that but Tom it's Hanks still- and Forrest
1: Gump? <laughs> It might be. <laughs>
0: no, it's not. But Mama
1: always said. No, no, I
0: think it's Chariots of Fire. Anyway, but the same. It's this idea, right? Yeah, right yeah. It's this this idea that there's something that's in me to do, and when I do that, and I keep God in the forefront of my mind, I feel that connection to him in, in that moment and in those moments. And, and I think part of it becomes then not taking that glory for ourselves, right? Not saying, look how awesome I am, how I've done this work, or look how awesome I am, how I've run so fast. Look how awesome I am. I built this house, but going, wow, look what God did. In that he helped me win this race. Look what God did, in that he taught me how to design houses or created this opportunity for me or gave me this family or all of, you know, created all of creation and wonder. I think that when we then we give that glory to him in our hearts, in our minds, through our words, or actions. Psalm 29 says: ascribe to the Lord the glory, due his name, and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness and to me that idea of ascribing to the lord the glory that's due his name giving it to him right giving it uh, assigning the glory to where it's really due to god is the, the source of this kind of thought of worship when we're talking about it
1: yeah i i think that's such an excellent point to to chew on and and i think that point that you made earlier about you know the scripture from colossians 3 about no matter what you do do it for God, not for men. Yeah, that that should be our motivation for everything that we're doing. Yes, when we're working, right? Because that's our work. And so, whether you are right. in the classroom, whether you're raising kids at home, whether you are in a courtroom or, uh, you know, in a hospital, wherever it is that that you might work, um, we do it for God's glory. So then, yeah. that starts to impact. Our motivation, yeah, that starts to impact the way that we do that, how we show up, the attitude that we bring to that thing, and it's a, such a great and powerful reminder that we can worship even without music, yeah. And and I, I think it's so important just to break from that that point that worship isn't worship music, yeah. That worship includes worship music, yeah. But I can work as unto God, and that becomes part of how I am worshiping, because that's my response to who God is. Yeah. And so if God does everything excellently, if God creates everything perfectly, if God always forgives, if God is able to, you know, do what he's able to do, then my response to that should be, I'm going to do everything as unto God as well. And that becomes how I'm worshiping him today.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I think that there's this um, juxtaposition in it, right, of not of um, minimizing who we are, but of this, uh, it's a fight against this human nature to lift myself up and puff myself up and talk myself up and all of that. And worship to me counterbalances that. I mean, the word, if you look up the word in scripture, It has kind of, uh, you know, several meanings when you kind of get down to it. And one of them is this idea of bowing down or becoming prostrate, laying out, right? Taking our physical bodies and and bowing them before who God is. And then at the same time, this opposite thought of lifting God up and exalting. It has this like two-way directional impact of the word on it. And to me, that's what happens is I put myself in my right position. I put God in his right position which in so many ways goes against my human nature. My human nature always wants to go like, okay, just put myself up a little bit, pump myself sure. up a little bit, put myself in a place. But I think we take this intentional action. And and maybe that's something as you can talk through, like what are some, some things that you think create worship in our life or are elements of what worship? Or maybe we can talk through those for people when they're thinking about, okay, I'm loving this idea. I'm loving this thought that worship is everywhere in my life, that when I go to my, into my bakery, I'm still worshiping. But what does that actually... How do I actually make that happen? What does that actually look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's back to that scripture of of what's your motivation and how yeah. you're doing it. Is it. Is it to make yourself look good? Is right. it to... Is it even just to please your customers or is it to put the glory of God right, on right. display? So good. Is it just for good Google reviews and good Facebook recommendations mm-hmm. or is it because God has given you something to do and now you're doing it for his pleasure and you find the joy of the Lord in that thing that you're doing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think there's this in, in, in us talking, what I'm hearing, right, is this intentional looking to God in what I'm doing this intentional looking towards God and pointing towards God in everything that I'm doing um, and and taking that action in my heart, in my mind, in my words. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you take your bakery and you stencil John 3.16 in the window. Mm-hmm. If you feel like God told you to, then you have to, then right? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think we have to do that for something to be worship. I think that it's in the way that we carry ourselves. I also, as I look through scripture, as I think about my own moments of worship in my life, I don't know that we can have worship without, some element of sacrifice, Mm. of something that costs us something to come into this moment. Now, when we go Old Testament, of course, we have really visible, tangible pictures of sacrifice. We are taking sheep, cattle, birds, physical things from our livestock, which would have been our wealth and laying them on the altar and killing them so that they, you know, right. It's this like very visual, violent, picture of sacrifice but I think even if we're if we're talking about our baker right he let's say he's waking up early in the morning to come and to do this thing and he's like yep I'm committed to doing it in this way because I think this is an excellent way of doing it. And this is what God gave me to do. And I'm going to do it with all my heart or, or I'm committing to part of my, you know, part of my baked goods every week are going to go to someone else in our community. Even though I could make money off of that, I'm committing to sacrificing from my increase to giving it somewhere else. And that makes this some worship. I don't know, tell me maybe I'm overselling it but as I look and as I think about my own experiences there has to be something for me that is a, a sacrifice that 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 requires something of me for it to really become worship it feels like.
1: Yeah, I think that you're right in that. I mean there's that There's an opportunity for that baker to continue in the example of cutting corners or changing right. you know, out their recipe or whatever that's going to maybe make more profit for them. But maybe it's it's not uh, an honest thing that they're doing or, you know, there's, there's different uh, issues that, that, that may come into that. I even think about the fact that, um, you know, growing up, I played uh, soccer at an elite level and my parents always told me, you're not going to play on Sundays. Yeah. because that's when we go to church. Yeah. And so I know that we're not talking about worship solely being the worship Sunday gathering, right. but I do think that there was something for me that was sacrificial in the fact that going to that church service meant that I was sacrificing playing soccer with my friends, yeah. continuing at the level that I was at. I had to sacrifice a part of what I loved doing because it meant that it was an opportunity for us to worship God together in a corporate community with my family.
0: Yeah, I think that's so good. And I think that's just a great example of what it looks like to be sacrificing something. Um, Yeah, And, and that that somehow becomes part of what it means to worship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap up this conversation, yeah. maybe with some ideas of what worship can look like this week. So we take it out of the ethereal conversation about, yes, I understand what worship can look like. I understand what it is and what it isn't. Yeah. What does that specifically look like for you this week?
0: Yeah. I think one of the ways that we turn our work or our, you know, our lives into places of worship is really just praying over the things that we're doing. Um, I remember years ago talking to a friend who's a mom, and she was talking about, you know, the dreaded laundry, which is like every parent's never pile of nightmares, right? And she said, all of a sudden, I just started realizing, you know what, I can complain about this, I can be mad about this, or as I'm folding these clothes, I can pray over my kids the okay. whole time. I can pray over my husband. I can pray over our household. And I think that simple act turns folding laundry into an act of worship instead of just another thing that you have to do. Um, and I think that applies to you know our, our classrooms and our businesses and the employees that God has put us over and and our bosses that God has put over us. When we take 30 seconds before we go into the cafe that we work at and say, God, I'm so grateful for the owner of this cafe that they provide a place of work for me. Won't you bless them and what they do and, you know, lift up them and their family. All of a sudden that turns moving into this space, into a place of worship.
1: Yeah. And I think that that one is so huge. it, It cannot be understated that regardless of where you go into this week, your attitude can be changed to be positive and yeah. to be grateful for that thing. And so, whether it is the clothes that you're folding, whether it is the grass that you have to mow or the windows that you have to clean, instead of being frustrated and upset, for the fact that we have dishes to put in the dishwasher? How about we're grateful that we have dishes to put in the dishwasher yeah. and to give God glory for the fact that He has provided a dishwasher for you to use or a lawnmower for you to you use or, or whatever that thing is for you in your context, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. And, then you know, I think about social media as well, about how if I was to look at, at you know, your social media or, or anyone's social media, would that reflect God well? Yeah, what is the message that we are? And in many ways, we are a living epistle. You know, we read through yeah. Philippians and Ephesians and Galatians, and these are epistles that have been written to people of the story and the message of the gospel spreading But we are living epistles. And so what is the message that we are communicating to people? How are we saying what we're saying? Are we complaining about things? Are we giving God glory for things? Are we messaging uh, positive things that are in our community and about our household? Are we just complaining about them?
0: Yeah, yeah. I love the thing that we heard one time. Um, is this idea of, is at you a Christian? Right, right, right. If right. If I only knew you through your social media... Would anything there point me to Jesus? So oh, good. Or, and because there becomes this massive disconnect. So I love that idea of just taking that space of your social media and committing to, hey, once a week, every other day, I'm going to post something here that points to God, that exalts his, the wonder of his creation, right? That exalts the, the beauty of the family he's given me or post a scripture that just points to him and, and references a psalm. Um, I think those types of things are so powerful. I feel like we've said it already, but bringing excellence into what we do and the way that we do it is such a beautiful representation of worshiping God. That if I'm doing this for God, I can't in, in good conscience and good co- in good heart slack on the way that I'm doing it. I can't cut corners on the way that I'm doing it. I can't grumble about what I'm doing it because I imagine that I'm doing it before the creator of all heavens and all earth.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think that even you can take that point a step further and and challenge this idea of false humility within us as well. Mm. That if I do something really well, and someone compliments me about that thing, wow. it's okay to receive a compliment yeah. about that thing. I don't have to give on this, oh, no, you know, it was just a, it was a fluke, or that was just really lucky, or, you know, like, oh, thanks, but, you know, to God be the glory, or whatever, like, I I do think that it's okay for us to say, man, thank you for that encouragement. And I love doing what I do. And I I know that I'm excellent at it. And I give God the glory for it because he's given me the skills and the ability. But I also work hard at this thing. And God has given me the foundation for this. But I'm doing it for God's glory. And so I'm glad that you've acknowledged that today.
0: That's so good. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The last thing I would say in, in terms of ways to bring worship into our week is to just take some moments to be in awe and wonder. We can move so quickly past things. And I think we are in some ways so desensitized because we see so much content all of the time, most of us, um, and certainly more than generations before us. But to take a few moments to watch the way that trees blow in the wind. To lay down like a kid and watch the clouds roll over the sky or, you know, as we get into winter months, watch the way that snow begins to fall and sparkle. Taking three minutes, five minutes to just sit and be in wonder of that. I mean, I dare you to do it and not feel a a magnifying the Lord on the inside of you of how great God is, of how awesome, of how beautiful and marvelous he is. And just sitting and taking those moments, I think, become powerful ways to, in our everyday life, look and say, man, isn't God amazing? As you drop your kids off at school and you see all of the kids walking by with all of their energy and fun and just go, wow, look at all of these kids that that were in in the mind and the heart and the breath of God that are now living here, takes that worship into every moment that we have.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's a that's a hard challenge to do because we have our routines and we have our habits of how we go about our life. But it's so, so crucial. What it requires is some intentionality and some courage to change your perspective. I remember years ago when I was in college, I was driving my car to, to university and i had the music playing and, and i was like god well, you know please speak to me and mm-hmm. god i want to be used by you and and i want to hear you and, and i want to you know do whatever it is that you want me to do and and i remember him saying in that moment um, i want to but you're moving too fast wow. and everything's too loud wow and so i took that literally and i stopped using my car and i started walking to college every day and i did it without any music playing and, and I have
0: never heard this story. This is amazing.
1: Yeah, and and so it took significantly longer. I yeah. had to leave much earlier, and I did it for about a two-week period. I think until it started raining. Or yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the end of that. Right, but but I got so much out of that short yeah. period because it caused me to slow down. And exactly like you were just describing, to see the ways that the trees were moving and to hear the birds that were singing. And and it just filled me with awe because I wouldn't have seen those things or heard those things had I just been driving past with my yeah. music playing in the car. And so that was the challenge for me during that time of slowing down and quietening myself so that I could allow God to speak and be seen and, and His glory be on display during that time. And maybe that looks different for you. Maybe where you live, it's just, you know, unfeasible for you to stop driving or to turn the music off, or maybe that's right, part right. of your work or whatever it is. But but find time to be in awe and wonder, I think is such a great challenge for us today.
0: Yeah, I love that. Will you pray for us as we end today?
1: I'd love to. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who is worthy of praise, that we are talking about how significant you are and the things that you've done and, and ultimately, we know that, that you are the object of our worship, but that worship is something that does something on the inside of us, that it changes us, that it, it molds us more and more into your likeness, that it, uh, it gives us an opportunity to relieve burdens and to remove stress. And when we focus our heart and our attention on you, it causes us to, more, to look more like you at the end of it. And so, God, we're thankful that you are a God that is worthy of worship. Worship on Sunday and on Monday and on every day that you have given us, God. God, give us a heart that is filled with awe. God, remind us of the incredible God that we get to worship. I ask that you would fill every person, even now as they listen to my voice, that they would be filled with the miracle wonder of who you are and what you've done for us, God. Ultimately, our worship is in response to what you have done and who you are, and so we give you the praise and the honor and the worship and the glory for being a God who is not distant, but a God who drew near to us when you didn't have to. You didn't have to do it, but we're thankful for it, and we worship you for it, God, and we give you the praise for it. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us for this month's bonus cast where we take a few minutes to talk together about how to live a more resilient life. And we certainly believe that worship will strengthen your life and make you resilient for the days, the weeks, and the years to come. We look forward to joining you here next month on our next bonus cast.